If you are attending a career event and you want to hire women and the only people that you bring to the career event are men, you're doing it wrong. Uh, (laughs) Welcome back to Women at Work, a podcast highlighting the vast experiences women can have in the residential construction industry. Brought to you by Pro Remodeler and Pro Builder Magazines. I'm Caroline Broderick, your co-host and the managing editor for Pro Remodeler. I have the privilege of welcoming Nora Elcori Spencer on today's episode, founder and CEO of Hope Renovations, a pre-apprenticeship training program for women, but it's much more than just that. My name is Nora Elcori Spencer. I am the founder and CEO of Hope Renovations, and we are located in Carver, North Carolina. Nora Elcori Spencer didn't come from a construction background, but her experience working in HR for Lowe's gave her the tools, literally, to start home repairs and eventually make renovations a side gig. Remodeling is where Nora's strengths and passions were able to shine. She desired a way to become a vessel of social change, as she's put it. So she left Lowe's and began grad school for social work. She had witnessed the opportunity gap for women in construction previously and saw it even when she was interning at a homeless shelter during grad school. Women wanted to explore construction careers, but had zero clue on how to start. That was the spark that would become North Carolina's first standalone women's trade training program. Hope Renovations launched in July 2020, and now Nora joins us to share a bit about the journey and what she's learned about how to make the industry and job sites better suited for more women in the workforce. Hope Renovations was founded in 2017, but you worked on it for three years before launching it officially in July 2020. So what was happening behind the scenes during those three years? So a lot of that first three years was really spent doing the research around what makes a training program successful, specifically what makes the training program successful for women. Our model is a pre-apprenticeship model. So a lot of research was done about pre-apprenticeships and why that's the best route for folks that are starting brand new into an industry that they may or may not have any previous experience or background in. A lot of it too was relationships relationship building. You know, I knew that we were not going to be successful if we didn't have folks from our local industry on board with us to be able to hire these women when they came out of the program. You know, a lot of my time was spent meeting the right people, um, creating those relationships, and not just with potential employers, but also with other groups and other organizations in our community that have been really helpful in making this program a success. I listened to a presentation where You mentioned interviewing underemployed women and reviewed a lot of other training programs as as part of this research. So what did you learn with those two things? Most of the women that I talked to as this was coming together, I didn't know if it was true interest or just interest in doing something different because what they had done to that point wasn't working for them. But whatever it was, you know, when I would have conversations with women about this idea, they were very much on board with it. Can you tell me a little bit more about that specifically, how learning about that and that general opportunity gap from women impacted how you organize the program? Sure. So since I'm a social worker, you know, our lens is a little bit different. We sort of look at the whole person. We understand that someone who has struggled to hold down a job, it's not just because of one thing or maybe two things. It's there's a whole lot of barriers in life that can contribute to not being successful in other pieces of life. So these conversations were really helpful in crafting what became kind of a wraparound 
service in our training program. You know, we, we realized early on, it's great to give people the hard skills, but if you're not helping them resolve these barriers, if you're not working with them on soft skills that are very critical to being employed and staying employed, then maybe we're just doing them a disservice by giving them skills, putting them out in the industry and not setting them up for success. So those conversations were really helpful in helping us understand what pieces we needed to add. A lot of what we do is one-on-one case management with women in our program. Not everyone has the same barriers when they come into our program. We spend a lot of time working with them on things like childcare and transportation issues and you know, housing concerns that they may have, um, basic needs. And, and on top of that, we spend a lot of time on what we call professional skills, which is communication and conflict resolution and just how to be a good team player, how to be a good employee. Having those early conversations with those women really made me realize it's a big, brave step to go into an industry where you may or may not have any experience whatsoever. So we've got to do everything we can to help them be successful when they make that big move. And uh, another thing, kind of doing some research that I heard you ask, uh, were to other builders and remodelers, and you had asked what's missing across your workforce. So can you tell me a little bit about what you heard? I heard things as simple as, you know, if you can get me somebody who's going to show up and, you know, not cut off their hand, that's great. (laughs) Um, But then digging more into it, uh, the thing I think that struck me the most was the lack of soft skills and the lack of professional skills. And, you know, when I would have conversations with these folks, they love the idea of bringing more women into the industry because, and data bears this out, research bears this out, women tend to be more detail-oriented. We tend to be more conscientious on work sites. A lot of things about having a woman as an employee are very appealing to an employer, and they saw that. Hearing that from them, hearing that real critical need for the soft skill piece, for somebody who can interact with customers well, for someone who can really represent the company well on a job site and out in the community, I think was a big piece of what what we crafted Hope Renovations into. You know, in a way, you have this unique position where you can be a voice of a segment of the labor force. Many in the industry are recognizing is extremely valuable and they need to tap into it, you know, and that's women. So is there anything that others in the industry need to know that you've learned along the way um, that would be important for, you know, maybe recruiting or welcoming this not always previously welcome segment of the workforce? The most critical thing is to understand that the desire is out there. People want these jobs. They want to do this work. There is just very little understanding of how to access them. So that's the opportunity gap that I was talking about. When you don't know how to take hold of an opportunity, you're not likely to go down that path. We always say, if you can't see it, you can't be it. I think for companies that do have women or you know non-binary folks or people of color working in organizations, they really need to make efforts to put those folks front and center in their recruiting and rely on them to help get the message out that we are a friendly industry for all types of people. There are opportunities. We need you and we need you so badly. 
getting that message across and then helping people access training programs like ours or, you know, training programs that are with trade schools or vocational schools or community colleges, helping people get those initial skills and build that initial confidence and that initial understanding of different jobs in this industry, that's incumbent on all of the organizations in this industry to do if they really want to be able to bring diverse people into their workforce. So the first critical step is what I'm hearing from you is have that representation there. Yeah, if you are attending a career event and you want to hire women and the only people that you bring to the career event are men, you're doing it wrong. Uh, if you're trying to hire people of color and you know the folks of color that work in your organization are not there at the table with you, you're doing it wrong. So being really intentional about who is you know presenting the opportunities in your company and who is telling people, you know, hey, I'm I'm happy here and you can be happy here too. Diversity tends to beget diversity, putting those folks out there and giving them the opportunity to, to talk about the company and to talk about the opportunities that, that there are there, I think is, is a really key piece. One part of the issue of this skilled labor shortage that we have is you can hire someone, but you also have to retain that employee, have them stay with you. So have you learned anything about employee retention during your process of, of having Hope Renovations? From our perspective, we are sending women into the industry with very basic skills. You know, they're coming out of our program uh, at that pre-apprentice level. So the core skills and the core knowledge and understanding where we have seen issues is when either they are brought onto a team with no mentorship whatsoever, you know, whether that's peer mentor, whether it's someone who is a level above them, when they don't have somebody who is the designated person to answer their questions to help them along the way, that can spell trouble for them. The other thing that we've noticed is we're so busy in this industry. There's so much going on right now. It's easy to want to just say, hey, you'll learn on the job and not have any actual training laid out or even just a couple of days of orientation and making sure that people understand what the expectations are and, and how you're measured and your performance and being intentional about that and just having that understanding of where these folks are coming from. Entry level is is entry level. You know, you can't expect people to come in from day one and a couple of weeks later have the same skill level as someone who's been there for years. It's just not practical. Recruiting is expensive. Hiring is expensive. If you put the the forethought into this and, and put the work into this, you're really doing yourself a favor in a lot of different ways from an HR perspective, but also it's going to save you money in the long run. You know, there are obviously different challenges <laughs> women face in their daily lives. You know, it's just also based on fact. Women, um, they're the designated caregivers. They're the one who have to and are expected to provide things like child care. So between the genders, there are some significant differences. Is there anything that you've learned with Hope Renovations that other remodelers or builders can take away about making their job sites or their companies more welcome to a diverse workforce? It's always going to be harder to have women on your workforce as long as the majority of the caregiving responsibilities fall on women. You know, that's a cultural shift that eventually, hopefully it'll change, but it's it's going to be there for 
you know, for the near term. Knowing that and understanding that and accepting that and looking at your leave policies and looking at can you be flexible in scheduling, you know, working with women. And it's not just women who are caregivers, of course, you know, men often have caregiving responsibilities as well. You're not just doing a favor for the women in the workforce, you're doing a favor for everyone in the workforce if you do that. It can be simple things like making sure that there's a clean porta potty on a job site that women feel comfortable using. Um, that can make a difference for a woman in your organization. On the recruiting side, it's looking at your job descriptions. A lot of times we'll put in our job descriptions that you have to be able to lift 50 pounds. Well, do you have to lift 50 pounds regularly, ongoing, or is it just very occasional? Because that's very different. If you actually are only having to lift about 20 or 25 pounds or 50 pounds with assistance, that's different. That can change who's actually applying for your jobs and coming to work for you. It's just being thoughtful about how women are different, what kind of barriers they face. And if you truly want women on your workforce, the types of changes that you can make to make that happen. Thinking about that ahead of time and discussing it and pulling some of the women in your workplace that you already have. Thank you to Nora for joining me on the podcast and to all of you for listening. Links to more information about Hope Renovations can be found in the episode show notes. Women at Work is now available anywhere you get your audio. If you like what you hear, consider rating and reviewing the show. Our next episode will feature another woman who's making waves in the industry. Until then, follow us on social media and keep the work up.